you remember the first time you fell in love? Can you remember way, way back? What was it like? What did you experience in your body? A pounding heart. Joy, energy. Anticipation. What else? Nervousness. My stomach was upside down in a knot. And I remember when that happened, someone said, oh, you're in love. I said, that can't possibly be. You know, you can't feel this sick and say, this is the greatest thing ever, right? Like, you've got to be wrong, because if this is love, man, I just I don't need this in my life. And, and we teach one another what it's like, oh, yeah, you're having that experience. Or, you know, when you're, you're little and, and, the, and the boys are bullying the girls, or the girls are bullying the boys. And it's like, why does she hit me? Oh, she likes you. What? I mean, we parents sound crazy to our children because we are. But they learn what's going on because we teach them how to read the signs. The church has been notoriously terrible, notoriously terrible about teaching people in the pews the signs of the Spirit. When I ask folks, how many of you have had an experience of God to a, a room in general, let's say there are 20 people in a room, it's not uncommon for me to have three hands that go up. And I think, how can this be that only three people not have had an experience of God, but three people have been taught that when this happens, there God is. People like me have done a very, very bad job. That ends today. Okay. So the sermon title is The X Factor, and I am really trying to impress the younger generations. And you've got the X Games and all these things. And I understand before, you know, before we go any further that I'm going to fail spectacularly in my attempt to impress the younger generations. But anyway, but that's the attempt. So think of your sporting metaphors. Remember before the Super Bowl, you always have this team over here, and you, you got team A and team B. And it's like, well, let's look at the quarterbacks. Who's got the advantage? Who's got the advantage in the running backs? Who's got the advantage in, you know, the, the tight ends? And all, you, know, you, you go through all the positions, right? Because you got two weeks before the Super Bowl, and they've got nothing else to write about. And then it gets down to the very end, and they have another category called the X factor. And that's the unknown. And often, when you look on paper, which team is going to win, and you think, this team is clearly going to win, and they just don't. Why? Because, I don't know, maybe it's heart. But, you know, we label it the X factor. That's what we do because we're really imaginative people. But what we do in our lives, in religious lives, is that when the Spirit comes in, we label it Spirit. How many of you had a moment 
you've had an epiphany, you're working on a project late, you haven't had a great idea on it, and suddenly the idea just comes to you. Ever have that happen? Okay. Now, if you are a scientist, you think that's the spark of imagination. The imagination entered the process, and that was just the, the genius of the human mind taking it to a new level, and that's all it is. And people like me say, great. We call that the Holy Spirit. We call it the Holy Spirit. How many of you have read the books, um, the Harry Potter books? I mentioned this the last couple weeks. But in the last book, Harry Potter is facing Voldemort, and he believes that in order to um, defeat Voldemort, he has to die. He believes this. And so he let Voldemort basically do the killing curse on him without defending himself. And then he finds himself in this space, and Dumbledore, his, his professor, his old teacher, who is dead, comes to him, and they have this great conversation. And at the end, Harry says, is this real, or is this just happening in my mind? And Dumbledore says, of course it's happening in your mind. But why does that mean it's not real? The Holy Spirit is the word that we use in religious language to talk about understanding things that happen in our lives that are amazing and powerful. Why does one person decide to be genuinely good? We talk about the problem of evil, don't we? Does evil disturb you? It should. There should be a lot of hands. Why, you know, some people that are really genuinely, they seem to enjoy hurting people. And that's a problem. And we think, God, why would you create people who could take pleasure in such pain? And why do you allow this to occur? And we call that theodicy in the church. It's like the, the, the issue of, you know, why does God allow evil to occur? But if you flip that on its head, why are some people genuinely good? Why do some people just go out of their way to help others when it is not in their interest to do so? Why is that? Why do we see a disaster that happens in Haiti and we open up our checkbooks and we write a check for people that we will never meet and they live half the world away? Why do we do this? Compassion. Compassion. We label it compassion. But what is the inspiration that allows us to be compassionate? Caring, loving. Caring, loving. And I would say it's the gift of the Spirit that comes in and moves your heart. The Spirit helps make us compassionate. The Holy Spirit is real, but the Holy Spirit is also a label that we use to identify what's going on in our lives. When you suddenly feel, when you're just dead depressed, I know none of you ever feel this way, but imagine if you could. Just a moment of feeling dead depressed, and something happens, and you just, you, you look at your life differently, and you just start laughing. And you just think, I am the most absurd person ever for being depressed in the middle of whatever. And you, and you snap out of it. And we think, well, and, and we ignore it. I will say, as a religious person, that's the Holy Spirit. 
at work. You're locked in the prison of your room and the Holy Spirit sends you forth into your life with laughter on your lips. When you are at school and somebody is bullying somebody who shouldn't be bullied and you stand up and say, that's wrong. That's wrong. Where does that come from? Maybe it's just part of being human, but in the church we say that's the work of the Spirit. Think about your lives. Think about moments of just profound joy and moments when you just feel profound sorrow at something and realize that sometimes it's just the Spirit that allows us to be in that moment. And then give thanks. I'm not asking you to believe anything you don't already believe. I'm just saying maybe that's the work of the Spirit. So that next time when somebody asks, have you ever had an experience of God, all the hands can go up. Because once you start seeing the work of the Holy Spirit in your life in one area, you start seeing it all over the place. And then life just gets a whole lot more fun. It just gets a whole lot more fun. Because what the Spirit does is that when we are locked in prisons, of our, often of our own making, Spirit works through us, opens those doors, and says, you're free. You're free. You're afraid of being killed? Okay. You're free. Go. What's the worst that can happen? You die, right? You're going to die anyway. Jason Fetty, actually, this was really wonderful the other night. He talked about he was playing at a, at a bar, and he was really dead depressed. He was not at a bar, he was at a restaurant, and nobody, nobody was listening to him. And then he had this epiphany. All these people are going to die someday. And he suddenly felt much better. He started, it's like, hey, all these people who are ignoring me are going to one day be dead. I feel much better. And then he played happily. Now that's the Holy Spirit. We're all, no, seriously. Marlene, are you or are you not going to die? You are going to die. Okay, once you realize that, we're not happy about it. We're ecstatic. I mean, no, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it's freeing, you know? It is ultimately freeing. We're all going to die, aren't we? Okay. So let's just live. Live your life. Don't be afraid. Laugh at yourself. Laugh at me. I don't care. Everyone else does. You might as well do it too, okay? Don't think I don't know what happens. Just be free to be who you are, to be filled with joy, to feel and experience sorrow, all of these things. The Holy Spirit is in our lives setting us free to heal, to love, to hope, all of these, to dream, all of these things. When you have a leap of imagination, say, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. You can also say that's human imagination, but just because it's human imagination and it's in the human mind doesn't mean that the Spirit isn't also there. Why does it have to be one or the other? We are a church that celebrates the power of the Spirit. 
And when I see your lives, I see the Holy Spirit at work in each and every one of you. I do. It's what allows me to do what I do. And just see people struggle and say, where's God in my life? And I just say, man, if only you could see your life and the work of the Spirit in your life the way that I do, how much joy you would have. Now, sometimes I have a hard time seeing it in my life because that's me, you know. Again, we always have a harder time seeing it inside ourselves. But the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. And not a one of his disciples believed him. It's to your advantage that I go away because I'm going to send you the Spirit who's going to be with you every second of every day. And that is such good news. Amen. Amen. Amen.